Life by Divine with Sue DeMay fosters deep healing and profound awakenings as she guides you to hear, answer, and trust the highest calling of your heart. Your host and sacred guide is global impact visionary leader Sue DeMay, a best-selling author, international speaker, and gifted intuitive healer who challenges all of us to shift from life by default or even life by design to truly living life by divine. And now, here is Sue DeMay. to the show. It's an honor to be here once again, sharing the messages that come through me. And the yesterday I got really clear that I need to continue on the topic of the ego. So last week in episode 80, I talked about the evolution of the ego and in particular to kind of this global challenge we're facing and how that shows up. So I, st- I shared the 10 stages of the ego evolution from my book and I talked about the spiritual ego a little bit because it's one of the 10 stages, but the super ego I mentioned, but I didn't go into. And the reason I didn't go into it is because it feels like the spiritual ego and the super ego need like a whole episode to themselves. So today I'm going to talk about what we all need to know about the spiritual ego and the super ego. And it's going to kind of come bounce off that previous episode. So you can always go back and listen, but you can listen on its own as well. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, or you don't know what I'm talking about in the way of the evolution of the ego, you can go back and listen to that later. This episode in itself can stand alone and it will complement and help you expand more of your understanding of the ego based on the previous episodes. I've talked a lot about the ego over the years of, of doing this show, but also in my inner circle membership and through my community and in different resources and stuff, I've been studying the ego for, for more than a decade. And it feels like a, a long time. I guess my son is 16. So it's been at least 16 years now. The ego has been always a fascinating topic for me, understanding how the ego injects fear into our lives, embeds fear into our minds, and even recently understanding that it it actually can inject viruses to run in the background. And when we look at the computer of our minds, it's really easy to have the ego come in as a hacker and inject viruses to run in the background without us being aware of it. So today I want to dive more into the ego, understanding the ego, and talking specifically about the spiritual ego and the super ego so that you can discern when and how or if it's actually showing up in your life. You can maybe identify it in you, in you but also see it in others. And then kind of help you process and unwind a little bit from the, the hold. It's a real strong hold that these two ego personas have, especially on humanity at this time. When when fear is kind of rising and ripe and raw in the world, it's easier for the spiritual ego and the super ego to really grab hold of us. So that having said that, it's, it's easy for the ego to grab hold of us. So the moment we're feeding it with fear from the outside, the fear within is going to grow and expand and be fed. So we want to make sure that we're not feeding the ego 
And the way that we can actually starve the ego is to actually make a conscious choice for love and change our thoughts and, and process our way of thinking and our beliefs in a way that will actually serve us and empower us versus make us feel helpless and hopeless. Right now you can look around the world and there's different perspectives. If you take a look at a perspective of fear and helplessness and hopelessness, you can easily go down into that wormhole. And if you take a look around and you see those people that are actually extending in the way of love, lending a hand, providing a hand up, those individuals that are really on the, the front line that are that are in the hospitals and doing the work, that are those essential service workers that are there doing the work. If we take a look at those examples, we can actually stay in that place of hope for humanity. We can stay in that place of love and compassion and understanding. And we can see the actual potential for unification that this whole global challenge is creating for all of us. It's an invitation, really. It's an invitation for everyone. And we all need to choose one way or another. We all need to choose. So when we understand the ego's angle, the angle the ego likes to take, then you'll be able to identify it quicker and you won't be able to get pulled down into these wormholes of fear. So I talked last week about the ego and our relationship with the ego, but I'm going to touch on it just a little bit again before I go into the spiritual ego and the super ego. The ego is our teacher of fear and it's so deeply embedded in our minds that it feels like it's who we are, but it's not. We are not fearful beings. We weren't born afraid. We were born from love. We, we were born curious. We were born observers, natural observing, naturally observing the world. We're trained, we're programmed to be afraid. We're programmed to judge, we're programmed to be in fear. And I talk about the one teacher of fear being the ego. The ego is purposeful in the beginning because what it actually allows us to do is come here and have this human experience and see ourselves and experience this life as a separate human being from everybody else. And it's purposeful until it kind of evolves to a point where it actually takes over and then it becomes kind of out of our control. It's kind of steps into this role of controlling us and trying to keep us safe and trying to make us play small and not take risks. So it's like a overprotective helicopter parent who will stop at nothing to keep you safe, who will stop at nothing to feed your fear in order to keep you believing and buying into fear. So when we are caught up in fear, the energy of fear, whether it's in our conscious mind or subconscious programming, then we are kind of emitting a signal of fear out into the world. And with that, that law of vibration will bring back more evidence of fear in the world. So we'll actually witness and see things and we'll actually, through that lens of fear, be processing stuff from a different perspective. So it's very limiting. It's a limited perspective. It's a fear-based perspective, but it's also very draining and exhausting and 
and it takes a lot of energy to be in fear, to live in fear. It's familiar and it's comforting in some ways because it's familiar and because we're so programmed to live in fear, it, it's just natural for a lot of people. It feels natural, but it's not our natural way of being. We're not born from fear. We're born from love. So when we can meet fear in our lives and process it differently, when we can identify when the ego is kind of finding its way in there, whether it's even cleverly disguising itself as love and pretending to be the language of love or pretending to be the language of spirituality, when we can identify that and have that divine discernment, our ability to shift from fear back into love, it becomes easier. And of course, Miracles talks about a miracle being a shift from fear to love. And for me, it's, it's so freeing. Not only does it free my heart to, to remain open, but it actually frees my mind to remain more quiet and at peace. So it's, there's a lot of benefits to becoming more aware of how fear is embedded and to witness those thoughts in your mind and to actually ask yourself, is this thought coming from fear, from love? Is this actually my ego trying to keep me safe? Is this actually my ego trying to convince me or distract me or derail me? Or, you know, what is my heart saying? So you kind of shift from fear back into love. You can shift from your head to your heart. You can shift from ego to spirit. There's lots of different ways to say it. Well, what happens when we see the ego as our teacher of fear and we see spirit as our teacher of love? But what happens when ego disguises itself as spirit or disguises itself as love? Because the ego would become really clever when it becomes threatened and it's worried that it's no longer going to be needed and it's no longer going to be able to protect you. Then it evolves. And when it evolves, it can use the language of love itself to convince us. It's a very, we can hear the words, but if we feel the energy behind it, we can feel the discord of the spiritual ego. It's often very subtle because it sounds good. It sounds convincing. It sounds like love. It sounds like spirituality, or it sounds like the language of love itself. However, there's an energy behind it. And quite often the spiritual ego is subtle. The superego, not so subtle. But the spiritual ego is often subtle. When we're kind of talking to somebody and they're saying all the right things, but something feels off, that's usually the spiritual ego. And somebody doesn't have to be spiritual to have the spiritual ego kind of show up. So spiritual ego could be more an ego that kind of shows up thinking they're better than. So anytime there's a superior, inferior kind of feeling or experience or belief, then that's the spiritual ego. And it doesn't matter, like I say, if someone's religious or spiritual or anything like that, the spiritual ego can definitely show up. The spiritual ego often shows up too in the judgment of right and wrong. So believing that one is right and one is wrong. So that fight to be right, that's... usually a sign of the spiritual ego as well. So when we're kind of talking about the spiritual ego, 
there's there's two ways to see it. One is where's the spiritual ego in you? Is it showing up in any way at all? And are you witnessing it in others? When we're witnessing it in others, it's very easy to turn your spiritual ego up when you're witnessing a spiritual ego in somebody else. And I trust me, I've felt this myself. So I see it in somebody else. And then I feel this irk in me and I'm like, okay, there goes my spiritual ego. I need to actually really consciously be aware of it and set it aside because it, it ignites, it feeds off of other people's spiritual ego. So we can observe the spiritual ego in somebody else, but the moment you go to judgment, you are in your own spiritual ego. That's the tricksy part. There's a real fine line between observation and judgment. We can look upon somebody and observe the spiritual ego, the choices they're making, the energy that's behind it, the words they're sharing, and the energy that's behind it. And we can, we can identify the spiritual ego in another person, but we really need to keep ourselves in check because it's really quick and easy to have our own spiritual ego be charged up by that witnessing or by that awareness. So that charged up feeling often comes in the way of like, I often describe it when I'm working with my inner circle members, I often describe it as like a peacock moment where, you know, that male peacock comes in the tail feathers fan out. And there's this real kind of stand your ground, like, look at me better than, and it can be subtle, a subtle peacock moment, or it can be a real obvious, you know, spiritual ego peacock moment. But it's that kind of feeling. It's a very interesting feeling. I'm trying to describe the energy of it in words, but it's limited. So I'm doing my best to kind of find these different words or ways to describe the feeling of the spiritual ego, because that's really what you need to start to get really attuned to within yourself and then around others as well. So if you see someone doing something and you get your back all up and you get defensive or you feel like you need to kind of put yourself up on a pedestal or even put them up on a pedestal, that's the presence of the spiritual ego. And when we can identify it, then we can actually soften around it and make a different choice. Now, Adi Ashanti is one of the spiritual teachers that I really like to follow, and I've learned a lot from him. His one book, The End of uh, the End of Your World, I think it's called, is one I've just started picking it up again. I'm reading it. I think it's the fourth time I'm reading it. And we, he talks a lot about this, the spiritual ego, and and the idea of the spiritual ego, and when it showed up for him, he felt that kind of again that superior over somebody else. And even though he was very conscious, even though he was very awake at the time, it was hard for him to get rid of it. So he just stopped trying to get rid of it. So all he could do was witness it and see it and not get caught up in it or not feed it. So he talks about like not pushing, pushing it away, trying to push the ego away or deny the ego. And I really like that analogy and it really helped me over the years as well as to recognize that the ego is just the ego and it's going to do whatever it's going to do and it's going to evolve and it's going to try and it's going to keep trying no matter what you do to stay in your life. And 
you and it's going to keep trying and it's going to keep evolving and it's going to keep trying new mind games and new tactics and all this kind of stuff. And all we can do is witness it, become aware of it, get wise to its tricks, maybe stay a step or two ahead of it every once in a while because we have an understanding of the the phases it may go through. When I talk about in my book, The Evolution of the Ego, there's actually 10 stages and the superego is now 11 because the superego actually showed up as I was launching this book, The Evolution of the Ego, which is very curious. I'll share that in a minute. So when we have a better understanding of what the ego will try, the tactics, the potential mind games and things that it plays, then we can actually be a step ahead of it. We don't need to judge the ego. We don't need to get frustrated with the ego, although that happens and it's okay if you do, just forgive. Forgive yourself for having those feelings. Let yourself express those feelings. Have an expression session. Just kind of create some space for you to just be angry with it. It's all okay, but it's not necessary to get rid of the ego. And anything we try, the key word being try, to make happen or to shift or to, to get rid of the ego is just going to somehow backfire because the ego is just going to find another way. So the best approach is not to push the ego away, but just to become aware and to become aware from a place of curiosity and wonderment as opposed to judgment. In a curious mind, when we have a curious mind, there's no room for judgment. A curious mind is an open mind. And when we shift into curiosity and have an understanding of what's happening and then create a a space of wonderment in the mind, then our mind is wide open. And we can actually move through these stages with a little more ease and grace. And some of the stages are not easy. And I'm not making them like, you know, easy, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. That's not what it's about. It's not always easy. However, it'll become easier when you have a level of understanding. That's the key I find for most people is if you can have a level of understanding at the mind, then the mind calms enough and you can remove the judgment and the worry and the fear and the concern and you can be fully present to the human experience. That's where you can have kind of your divine nature your divinity, witnessing your human experience without getting caught up in the emotions and the emotional charge of the human experience. Eckhart Tolle talks about this a lot, just kind of witnessing the pain body or witnessing the emotions. So he can be there and he's witnessing them. And on a human experience level and in his humanness, there's a process that's happening with the emotions, but he's kind of set back witnessing it from his divine self, witnessing his human self. And the other way to look at it is your your divine self kind of witnessing your ego self. So you can have your human self, your ego self, and your divine self. And I've, I've talked about that in a previous episode as well, but it's, it's a way of kind of stepping back and removing yourself a little bit so that you become, become the compassionate witness, not a judging witness, but a compassionate witness, a witness that has a level of understanding that, oh, this is the ego. I feel the spiritual ego. I feel its presence. I, you become subtle. You become subtly aware of the, the shift in energy that happens when the spiritual ego comes in. 
and then we can actually align again. We can be in alignment, witnessing anger, witnessing frustration, witnessing any of these emotions on a human level. We can actually be in alignment and witness those things. That's the key, is to not get caught up in the human experience so much that we lose our sense of true, our true self, our divine self. When it comes to the spiritual ego, again, I, I talk about that feeling of inferior and superior. It, it can work both ways. Sometimes we'll actually make ourselves smaller or not, not, as good, not as good as or not perfect or we don't have it figured out yet or we, we compare ourselves to other people that are maybe further along on their spiritual journey or in their, on their path of awakening. They have more consciousness or more awareness or a better intuitive gift or more gifts or better healing abilities or whatever it is. When we compare ourselves, someone else being better than us, then that's the spiritual ego kind of dimming you down or knocking you down or making you feel like you're not doing enough or you're not worthy. Worthiness is a real point of weakness for the spiritual ego as well as comparing yourself. Perfectionism is a great way for the spiritual ego to show up. So we always feel like we're not doing enough, not good enough in any way. And the spiritual ego really loves to keep us reaching for something. And the ego in general will keep us reaching for something. And anytime we actually reach that goal, then it stretches it. And we don't even have time to celebrate that we reach that goal because it's already reaching, making us reach for the next thing. Or, okay, you got there now, but can you get here? Can you get further? Can you expand more? Can you learn more? Can you teach more? Can you shine more? So there's always this reaching. And in the eyes of the ego, nothing's ever good enough because you're not good enough. And you're not good enough because if you were good enough, then the, the game would be over for the ego. So there's a lot around, around the ego itself. And the idea that we're all separate beings, separate humans having these experiences, there's a truth in that to some degree, but the truth is we're all connected. So when the spiritual ego is kind of making us feel superior or inferior to somebody else, that's just feeding our belief in separation. And that is actually our most painful wound, is the belief that we're all separate. That is our most painful wound as human beings having this human experience, is our belief that we're separate from everyone else and everything. And there's so much evidence and it's so convincing on a human level from our human perspective in this human dream, this human reality, that it becomes really, really painful for us. So the spiritual ego feeds on that. And even, even with the spiritual ego using the language of love, it still implies that we're not good enough or it still implies that we haven't arrived or that there's still some place we need to get because we're still not quite there. But the truth is, is that we're whole and complete right here, right now. The truth is we, we're not, we don't need healing. We don't need fixing. We're not broken. 
That's the truth. We're actually whole and complete right here, right now. And the reason I teach all of this information and the reason I'm a healer and I call myself an intuitive healer is because at the level of the mind, people still believe they need to be healed. So we have to meet everyone in their humanness to remind them of their divinity. But in order to remember the truth, we need to unwind the mind. We need to unwind the way fear has embedded into our lives and into our programming. We need to reprogram, unlearn, unschool, undo. We need to unwind from the ego. And that's the process. So the ego is evolving and we're unwinding. And the more we unwind, the more the ego evolves, which leads to more unwinding, which leads to more of an evolution of the ego. The ego constantly needs to change its game and change its tactics. The more we become aware, the more clever it becomes, the more hidden, the more subtle. Whatever it Whatever it needs to do, it will do. The ego will lie and cheat and do whatever it needs to do to keep you safe, to keep you believing and buying into fear. Because the survival of the ego depends on that. So I talked about the spiritual ego last week in the episode, and I talked about the one stage of the ego is the the dissolving of the ego, basically, the it just basically dissolves. It's not present anymore. It's absent. There's no fear. And I've had moments where I've had my ego completely dissolved and like sustained moments. So like weeks, months, like a long time. And it's odd. It's disorienting because fear was so much a part of my life growing up. So now in, when I'm in alignment and I'm channeling or when I'm working with clients or working with my inner circle members, doing this radio show, the ego's not present. I can feel it present today though. I'll tell you, I can feel it present right now. It's very cleverly waiting in the wings to jump in and I can feel it. I can feel the subtle shifts in my energy and I can feel myself catching myself, stopping it from jumping in and wanting to say certain things. Generally, I open my mouth and I channel and I don't, the ego is not present. But today, because of the topic, guess when the ego showed up all through the night? Because this topic came in yesterday and I already posted it that I was going to talk about it yesterday. And ever since then, the ego's kind of been waiting in the shadows. And while I was sleeping, I started to have these interesting dreams and I could see myself kind of going up into the mind and creating these new narrow pathways and shifting things around and changing, you know, beliefs and erasing. It was very interesting. I was racing stuff and adding new things and putting new programs in and putting new books on the shelf. It was very curious in my mind, what was going on in my dreams and in my, that state in between dream state and awake state. And what I saw was the ego kind of showing up here and there. It would show up in the corner. It would kind of come over here as a gremlin. It would show up here as a little mouse. It would show up here as a big, huge, giant wolf, like a massive, big black wolf and growling and ready to attack. 
it was trying all these different angles because it knew the more I talk about it, the more I empower you with an understanding of your ego and how it evolves, the more it's got, I take away its ammunition. I take away its fuel. I take away its potential. So the more awareness you have, the more understanding you have, the more conscious you become around the ego, around your ego and specifically, the less of a hold it has over you. So that's where if the spiritual ego is and uh, is not making progress and none of these other stages of ego are making pro progress, that's where the super ego comes in. So I'm going to take a short break and then I'll share about the super ego. I actually encountered the super ego after I wrote the book, The Evolution of the Ego. So it's not in my book. I did share a, I do have a blog post about it, which I'll share, but I just want to make sure that you understand what's happening, especially right now. I'm seeing this super ego really getting charged up and it's, it's affecting a lot of people. So I want to empower you with an understanding of the superego when we come back from the break. This is a clarion call for all healers, intuitives, empaths, light leaders, visionaries, and conscious souls. We are here to usher in deep healing and profound awakenings to shift our collective consciousness from head to heart, to ignite hearts and unite in love for each other and our planet, to illuminate our path and the path for others. Our heart-led living community is a place to come home and to shine bright as beacons of love from this house of light. Join our Heart Yes movement and experience a sacred healing community of support as you discover how to embody your true heart yes, to hear and trust your intuition as you answer the deepest call of your heart. Take Sue's hand and open your heart to receive the support you need to heal self, be the change, and play your part in the healing of the whole of humanity. Join us at heartledliving.com forward slash become a member. Again, Join us at heartledliving.com forward slash become a member. Welcome back. You're listening to Life by Divine and I am your host, Sue Dumay. Today I've been talking about what we all need to know about the spiritual ego and the super ego. The, the super ego is kind of this, we have this experience of our individual egos, which I've talked about in the last episode, the 10 stages of the evolution of the ego, spiritual ego being one of them. That's more of us having the experience of our individual ego experience. Then there's the collective ego experience, and that is more the super ego. So I want to talk about the super ego right now, because this is like I mentioned earlier, it's not one that I shared in my book. So I'll tell you a little bit of what happened and how the superego came into my, the light of my awareness. When I was doing my book launch for the evolution of the ego, it was last February, 2019. And uh, with all the, this is my sixth book. So with all of my books, what I would do is we would have an online kind of book launch. And in that online book launch, everybody would you know, purchase their books that day. I would offer some kind of gift or incentive to join me for the book launch, a little bit of a celebration. And what would what what it would allow is for all of the books to kind of be purchased within a certain period of time. 
and then it would actually help with the rankings on Amazon. So generally what would happen is I would, we would launch the book in the morning and within a couple hours, usually with all the other books anyways, there, I was up on the, the rankings. I was usually hit, I usually hit number one in Canada quite easily. And then in the UK and then the US, I've kind of hit little, the, the I haven't ha- had the, the number one slot in the US, but, uh, and I don't even know that I hit the top 10 before in the US before this book, but it was pretty easy. It was, it was a fun day. It was an easy day. It was a celebration and a lot of people were appreciating the book and I would give out gifts and all that kind of stuff. And it was a lot of fun. This particular time in February, when I was launching the evolution of the ego, I had, there was a glitch on the Amazon and what it was doing is I know people were purchasing the books, but nothing was showing. It wasn't showing, it wasn't changing in the ranks. And it still showed as like a new book just launched, no purchases. So I reached out to an author friend of mine, and she was saying that another author who had launched her book, the whole day, none of her stats showed up. Generally, what would happen is every hour, Amazon updates the stats, and it would show you where your book is, you know, is ranking in the different categories. And it wasn't happening. It was staying the same. It was holding steady at like pretty much nobody's buying the book from, from that perspective of stats. So I had to do a lot of forgiveness and I was like, okay, I need to walk away. I was starting to feel anxious. I was in deep trust for the most part. And at some point I'm like, okay, I just need to walk away because I was becoming obsessed with trying to figure out how to do, to make something happen, which totally out of my control. There's nothing I could do. So I let go and I trusted and I walked away and I went and I had a hot shower and I just kind of washed away some of my anxiety or some of my worries. And I was like, you know what? It's meant to be. It'll be, I just need to let go. <clears throat> As I was in the shower, I could feel my anxiety growing and I was like, okay, it's not going away. There's something I need to look at. There's a, there's something inside of me that's feeling really uncomfortable with this. So I wanted to look at it. So I reached out to a friend of mine and soul sister and we joined about it. And as I was talking to her, I got out of the shower and I was standing in my robe and I was looking in the mirror and I was always talking to her. I was talking to myself in the mirror and talking to her. It was really interesting. I don't usually talk to people on the phone in the bathroom, but that's just how it played out. So I'm watching myself in the mirror and I'm talking to myself in the mirror and I'm just saying, you know, if it's not meant to be, it'll be like, I just, I just need to let this go. And then all of a sudden I felt this like fierce worry and fear rise up. So I was like, I need to just voice some of these thoughts that are coming. And they started to get really mean and cruel and, and like violent and angry and like just this whole crazy energy rising up, this density rising up in me. It felt like a big demon coming through. And my words were really like cruel and mean and mostly directed at myself. And it was intense. It was very intense. And then I could feel this like presence coming at me. And all of a sudden in the mirror, instead of me, I saw this big, massive, giant monster wolf, this big, black, mean wolf grinning, grinning his teeth and just like wanting to attack. And the words that were coming is, 
you know, you're, you failed, you can't make bestseller, you're a loser and all of like, just crit. And that was just being kind. The rest of it was really, really intense and mean. So I'm listening to all this stuff. And basically it's like my fear of being a best-selling, a five-time best-selling author and my sixth book, I can't actually become a best-selling author. It was just like the, the label, the reputation, the having the the status of bestseller for this particular book, like all of that washed up, all of my attachments, all of my fears, all of my worries were all coming up and then being reflected back by this big monster demon. And it was like a force like I'd never felt before. It wasn't from me, but it was like directed at me from every direction and it felt massive and big. What I recognized in that moment was this fierce, dense, black, massive fear coming right at me, attacking me, feeding into all of any points of weakness it could find, like trying to throw darts and arrows and and bullets and anything it could at me to weaken me, to get me to, to step down. And the words I kept getting were like, how dare you challenge me? How dare you expose me? How dare you teach this stuff? Who are you? Like, it was just like full on crazy. And at one point I could feel all my fear rising and then it all just dissipated and it all just dissolved. And in that instant, I said, I don't care. I do not care if I make bestseller. I don't care. It's not worth it. I, I don't want to fight. I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to challenge you. I'm not going to charge. I'm not going to do anything. I'm like, it's not worth it. And if I don't make bestseller, then I'll use that as a healing experience for myself. And I'll be grateful for it. And if I don't make bestseller, then I'll use that as a teaching moment for, for my members and for my clients and for, my, for those that are following me because it's a powerful lesson already. And it just, I faced it down, not from a place of defense and attack or anything. It was just, I dropped all my defenses. I dropped all my attachments. They all dissolved away. All my fear dissolved and shifted. And I just was facing down this monster demon. And I said, I don't care what you say. I don't care what you do. And I don't care about the status. And I don't care about the label and the title. I don't care. It doesn't matter. And all of a sudden, it all disappeared. Instantly dissolved. What I came to recognize, so kind of shifting out of that, I wanted to have an understanding. What was that? What was that experience? Because that was intense. Like, and I can't even quite describe the intensity of it, but imagine facing your biggest fear magnified by a million. That's what it felt like. Imagine facing someone that you're afraid to face and having them be 10 times bigger than they are, like a monster. And what I realized afterwards was it was the, my own individual ego wasn't strong enough or wasn't clever enough anymore or couldn't get an angle in 
to keep me in fear anymore. So it had to gather the collective ego, the collective fear and ego of all of humanity. And that's what I was facing down. That's what it felt like was facing me in the mirror. Everyone's ego all together, all at once, facing me down and challenging me to stand down, to play small. And I refused, but I didn't refuse from a place of fear. I didn't refuse from a place of defense. I didn't, I didn't refuse from a place of fight. It was just like, you don't have the hold on me. You cannot have that hold on me because I'm not choosing fear. I'm not letting fear in, in this moment anymore. I'm releasing all my attachments. I'm releasing all my own fears. And all of a sudden, all of that dissolving of my own stuff dissolved it from the outside. So it was like one of the most powerful moments in my life, facing down the collective ego, the super ego. And since then, I've, I've supported a lot of my inner circle members through that. They've had those experiences where the super ego is present. And I'm like, yep, feel it. I can feel it growing and expanding. And, and it's actually like, like almost like they're all, you know, um, joining and, and meeting and forming this massive presence. And in just the awareness, just the understanding of that's what's happening could soften the individual, could soften the healer, the light worker, whoever it was. And in that softening, oh, that's what it is. As soon as we have a level of understanding at the mind, we can soften, we can accept it. We don't need to push it away. We don't need to invite it in. And we can just be present to it. I see you. It's okay. I see what you're doing. I see the angle you're taking. You went from spiritual ego to super ego, or you went from cheerleader ego to super ego because you feel threatened. You feel threatened by me. You feel threatened by love. The ego is threatened by love because it doesn't know love. And if you imagine the ego and everyone coming together and facing you down, that's the super ego. And I guarantee at some point along the way, you or someone you know will be facing that superego down. And when you do, my best advice is for you to meet it with love, for you to meet it from that place of understanding and compassion and just seeing it as another desperate tactic from your own ego and the collective ego of all to keep us in fear. We are more afraid of love than we are afraid of fear. And the more we make a conscious choice for love, the more we can shift from doubt into clarity, the more we can shift from control into trust, the more we can shift from fear into faith, the more we can shift from judgment into observation and compassionate witness. What the world needs right now is for more of us to wake up and have an understanding of what's going on and why and what we can do individually and collectively. Right now, I want you to see 
there is a big superego forming, a collective ego forming, a collective fear expanding and growing. But at the same time, there is a collective energy of love, the collective spirit, the collective divinity in all of us is growing and expanding. And when we look at the law of opposites, when we expand the light, the darkness will come to meet us and it will feel potentially bigger than the light that we're standing in, but it's not. And when we have an understanding, even of the law of opposites, when I started to understand that that idea, that, that law, I could actually hold my light and, and go, oh, there's the darkness. And the moment I expand, and I've been doing this recently, I warned my inner circle members that I'm actually raising my vibration. I'm doing a different technique and, and combining a few different things. Plus I got a new download. So I actually ended up expanding my energy in a very short time. And and in the next two to three weeks, I feel like it's going to explode even more into a bigger expanded vibration. And in that, just understanding that, I know that as I do this work in the next couple of weeks, that the chances are I'm going to encounter some force opposite of that light, an equal or opposite force of the light I'm standing in and the vibration I'm holding to challenge me, to tempt me to move into fear. And when I I have that understanding, I can witness it. I can see it and go, oh, there it is. That for me is not, oh, I'm afraid of that anymore. So all that happened when in that moment in the mirror was the amount of vibrational frequency that I was emitting, the, the stepping into my light at a more expanded level through the evolution of the ego book. That force was so strong and it met me in the mirror. And when I met it and witnessed it and going, I see you and it's okay. Nothing you say is going to impact me anymore. I'm not listening to you. You don't have that hold. You don't have that stronghold on me. You don't have that power over me because I'm not going to give it to you. When I was able to do that, I could step back and soften and witness that the, the law of opposite inaction. And it didn't have the impact. It didn't have the stronghold. It didn't have the, the energy to pull me down and to impact me in, in any way other than just a witnessing and a compassionate understanding of what was going on. So all of this information, everything I share in all the episodes, everything I do in my work, it's all about empowering you to hold your light, to stand solid in love, to discover a new foundation where you can actually be standing so solid and create an understanding at the level of the mind so that the mind doesn't have those points of weakness for your ego to pull you down into wormholes. It's all about helping you stand more solid. And when you can stand more solid and be in alignment with your heart, 
your mind can come along for the ride and not be in the driver's seat anymore. The heart is meant to lead. The heart is meant to, to drive, to guide, to, to lead us. When we allow our divinity to animate us, we can meet the fear in the world with love. We can meet it with compassion and understanding. And it will not have the impact and hold on us it used to. That is the potential. As we create that understanding at the level of the mind, we unwind the mind. We reprogram it. We create new neural pathways. We create new beliefs, new thoughts that are in alignment with the knowing in our heart so that knowledge we gain is not in charge. It's the knowing that's in charge. It's the knowing that we have in our heart that then uses the knowledge to extend and to do the work we're meant to do in the world, to play the role we're meant to play in the world, whatever that looks like, however that looks. That is what the world needs. More of us to wake up and have a level of understanding at the mind, a knowledge that can actually align with the knowing in our heart. And that's where we're going to make the greatest impact in the shortest amount of time. That's where we can have these quantum leaps in our own healing and our own consciousness and create these quantum leaps in the consciousness of the collective of humanity as well. So where do you begin? Within your own mind, within your own life, using your life as your classroom for your own healing. Anytime you're triggered, anytime you feel fear, anytime you hit up against or feel the ego coming in, the more you become aware, the more conscious you are, and the, the more you make different choices, you're healing. And in healing self, your own individual self here in this human experience, you're contributing to the healing of the whole. You're contributing to the healing of the whole of humanity. Never underestimate the power and potential of your own healing journey. And as much as some people can judge their role as smaller and someone else's role as bigger, that's not true. All of our roles are essential. All of our roles are essential. And that's the one beautiful thing I see about the coronavirus and this outbreak is that we're actually recognizing people on the front line. And I know nurses and doctors and firefighters and police were all, to, for the most part, appreciated and respected in some way or another. But people that are serving food, that are there helping us with our groceries and our essential services and truck drivers and all of those individuals that people would easily look past and not say thank you to, there's an appreciation and gratitude. That's the gift that's coming out of all of this. As much as it can easily separate us all, it's actually unifying us. And the more we allow that, the greater we're going to experience that collective love, that collective healing energy. 
and that global unification, I guarantee you're going to see a big super ego. We're already seeing it in some ways. I'm witnessing it for sure in a lot of different ways. And some people that are threatened by that, they're threatened because their power will be taken away. And it's more fear of power, fear of not having power, power, fear of losing power. So that fear-based energy is expanding and becoming these super egos, collective ego. So witness the fear in others. See it. Don't get upset by it. Don't push it away. And don't pull it towards you. Just witness it. Witness it with some level of understanding and compassion and love. Meet it with love and love will expand. Do that over and over again. And one day, the ego will dissolve within you. And one day, the super ego will dissolve. I believe that we have the potential for the whole planet to wake up at this point. And I'm choosing to align with that vision. I'm choosing to hold on to that idea that potential. So the next time you feel that inferior, superior kind of playing out, or next time you feel the peacock feathers, you kind of feel like you got your back up and you want to put yourself on a pedestal or put somebody else on a pedestal, recognize that it's probably the spiritual ego. And the next time you really feel there's this force of darkness or density or fear coming at you, recognize that it's probably the collective superego. And if you have an understanding, then you'll be able to navigate your way through that. Or you can reach out for support. Of course, I'm here. Happy to support you. There's lots of different ways I can support you, including I I just created that free member resources page. So if you go to my website, heartledliving.com forward slash, I think it's free. Anyway, if you go to the website and you look under offerings, you'll see free resources. When you look at free resources, there's lots of different things you can tune into. There's a 21-day healing meditation I just put up free, a 30-day meditation challenge, a mindset and meditation challenges up there. It's free. And there's other stuff as well, the Heart Yes gift set. There's lots of different tools you can access and that can support you right now. And if you feel to work with me in another capacity, then you can find more information there too. The key is to follow your heart, trust your guidance, and know that you're meant to work with somebody or pick up a book or read or watch something, your heart will lead you to that if you trust and allow and surrender your own plan. I appreciate you. I love you. Until next time, hugs and blessings. You've been listening to Life by Divine with your host, Sue DeMay. Shift your consciousness from head to heart and enliven your soul as you discover how to lead with your heart and live your own life by divine. Join Sue in the growing global heart-led living community at heartledliving.com. That is heartledliving.com. 